It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. This is Episode 2 of Up and to the Right for 2017. Employees can be your greatest allies in creating a strong business. It's important to remember that they are also one of your largest expenses and time commitments. Welcome to Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast bringing you the art and science of business. No buzzwords and no hyped-up trends. Here we build on your small business passion with sound business principles to transform your business into what you dreamt it would be when you started or realize the potential you see in it today. This episode of Up and to the Right is brought to you by Audible, and they're offering our listeners a free 30-day trial along with a free audiobook of your choice just by going to audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right. So in the news segment today, I wanted to start with the plain language guarantee. I've talked about this before, and I've talked, and, and it's uh, very evident on our website. One of the important tenets of what we do at Beyond 50% is that we put out information in plain language. We don't do buzzwords, and we don't do, uh, uh, you know, the word of the week, and we, and we define all of the business words that we use. So from now on, if I use a business acronym in the Up and to the Right podcast, a buzzword or a business term that I do not define, and you're the first listener to call me on it, you get a free coaching session on the topic of your choice. In person, if you're here in Northern Colorado, or via Skype, phone, Google Hangout, or Zoom conference, if you're not. So I want to put that out there. And uh, if you do catch me using a, an acronym, a buzzword, or a business term that uh, I didn't define uh, at, the, in, in, at some point in that podcast episode, um, just send an email to me, busted at b50p.com. That's busted at b50p.com. Call me on it, and you'll get your free coaching session. You've got to dance like nobody's watching, love like you'll never be hurt, Sing like there's nobody listening, and live like it's heaven on earth. You've probably seen the t-shirt or an internet meme or something like that that has that uh, phrase on it. I have too, on a candidate, in an interview. It's bad enough that they thought it was okay to wear a t-shirt. But then they went on to explain how their t-shirt reflected their personal philosophy and how they had invented the t-shirt. And at this point, this point, I am not sure whether to call William Perky's copyright attorney or ask for an autograph. And I'm sure if you've interviewed people, you can relate. Resumes do not filter crazy. And it's a lot of work. So when do we know that it's time to put ourselves through the considerable effort of hiring a permanent employee? Um, and what are some good practices to keep in mind? And so how do you know when it's time to outsource, hire, or just buckle down and work harder. In episode one for 2017, we talked about outsourcing. And uh, I gave you some ideas to get started and, and suggested some ways to, uh, some places to go uh, if you needed to outsource and uh, some ideas to put together an outsourcing plan. And in this episode, in this episode, we have a three-question test that'll help put some boundaries on permanent hires. We're gonna do a cost analysis worksheet. I'm gonna talk about some work you need to do before you make a hire or before you even start searching. 
And I'll talk about a few places to look uh, if you're going to go ahead and, and uh, put, uh, put a permanent job position in your business. So let's get practical right away. Go to b50p.com forward slash 2017 E02. That's 2017 episode 02. Um, and download the worksheet there and, and let's get started. And the first part of that worksheet is the three-question test. And the first question is, are the job responsibilities you're going to hire for recurring and continuously needed to operate your business? If, for example, you could say, yes, a web designer in a marketing or branding company. But it wouldn't be true for a web designer for an auto repair shop. And we don't want to pay for idle time. So if you don't have a recurring and continuous need for a specific position, you go back to episode one for 2017 and find a way to outsource that work. Okay? The second question is, does the position you would be hiring for directly contribute to the core value that your business delivers to your customers? Now let's go back and say yes for a mechanic in a repair shop, but no for a mechanic fixing your business truck. And if you're in the position of hiring, if it doesn't directly contribute to your core mission, once again, go back to outsourcing. The last question is, can you afford to pay the salary and support of a new employee without additional operating profit? Yes, the employees cost less than current operating profit, or no, anything else. If, they, if you can't afford to pay for them out of your operating profit as it sits today, you need to be very careful about making the hire. You, you cannot assume that just because you hire them, revenue is going to go up because that very rarely happens. So that's the first part of the, of the worksheet. Go through it and say, are you, if you look at the job responsibilities, are they going to be continuously and recurring and always needed in your business? And is that position going to deliver value to the core business that, you're in, that, that you are delivering to your customers? And then finally, can you afford them? It's that simple. If you can't afford them, you need to be very careful about it. And, and the last resort should be hiring a person. Looking at cost, which is the next section on the worksheet, we're going to look at a few different costs, two, basically two categories of cost. One is regular and recurring costs, and the other is one-time and hiring costs. And it's important to look at both of these things in in a fair amount of detail to make sure that you understand exactly what it really is going to mean when you bring somebody on board. So let's talk about the regular recurring costs. Of course you have base salary. So we have to calculate that. How many hours are they going to work? Are they going to be an hourly employee, a salary employee? Next, how much overtime are you expecting them to work? And how much do you pay for the overtime that you're expecting them to work? Is it going to be one and a half times, which is pretty standard? Uh, and then you have to add that to your calculation. The next thing you're going to need to do is look at benefits. And you may have to consult somebody in an HR department, in an HR field, uh, to understand exactly what your legal requirements are based on the size of your organization and uh, how 
uh, how much the person is going to work, the number of hours a week, because the uh, the criteria for the amount of benefits that you have to pay them can change. So it's very important to understand the legal ramifications of the amount of time that you're going to have somebody work, um, and at least in the, in this case, in in relationship to the amount of benefits that you need to provide. Um, and that you're going to be required to provide. So you need to understand what the benefits, uh, what benefits you're going to have to pay for. And those can include medical benefits, of course. It can include sick leave, vacation, uh, 401k, and other, um, other benefits that employees uh, may be used to in your industry or that you may need to use to entice them to come to your business. So those have to be uh, considered. Um, there are going to be other considerations, for example, business insurance. If you have business vehicles or you have a uh, uh, manufacturing uh, floor, the number of employees uh, in that facility may have to be uh, – may, it may change the amount of your insurance premiums. Um, if you have to add a driver to a vehicle, that may change. So those are, those are other things that you have to consider. So you look at um, – what you're going to have to pay the person directly, what their benefits are going to be, and then what is it going to cost to support them in terms of insurance costs or other related support expenses. And those things we, we will pay over and over and over again, so we keep them in the regular recurring category. Next, we're going to look at the one-time and hiring costs. So now we take the We've, we've brought them on board or we're going to bring them on board. What is it going to take? Well, you may have equipment or tools you need to buy to, to allow them to get their job done. Uh, they may need a desk. They may need space. Uh, you may have software licensing issues. A lot of software packages either have per-user fees um, for a workstation or you may have noticed now that many, many companies are going to a per-user fee uh, on a monthly recurring basis. And so that can increase your costs. So you need to be looking at that. And then finally, there's the direct hiring costs. If you're going through an agency or you're going to run an ad in, uh, in your local media outlet uh, or a newspaper classified, um, any of those things will have some cost associated with them that you need to uh, incorporate into your plan. So now that you've got uh, so you may need to take some time and go through and fill out those numbers. And you can ballpark it for now if you want, um, but it's important to make sure that you get those numbers right before you start the process of hiring, uh, just to make sure that you can afford it. So the next step is to do the math. You've got all the numbers, now you add them up, you total them, and the recurring number, you'll notice on the, on the uh, worksheet that uh, you've downloaded, has a section for operating cost, or uh, excuse me, operating profit less the new employee costs. So you do the math, and that should be a positive number. If it's not, there's a problem. The next one is you're gonna have your operating, your uh, cash on hand minus your operating requirements versus the higher, and, and then less the hiring expenses. So uh, the important thing to remember here is that let's say we're going to spend some money getting an employee. If we have a certain amount of money in the bank and we have to use, uh, let's say we have $5,000 in the bank, we need $3,000 to run our business for that 
that period of time and we think it's going to cost us $3,000 to bring somebody on, you've got $1,000, you need to figure out where you're going to get it, right? But you can also go back uh, if you have, let's say, uh, that same $5,000 and you need $3,000 to run your business for that period and you only need $500 to hire somebody, then uh, you've got a, a, a good cash position to bring that person on board. All right, so we've gone through the math now. We've looked at our recurring costs. We've looked at our one-time hiring costs. We've done the math. We've decided that, yes, we actually can afford them on a recurring basis and we can afford to bring them on. We can afford the one-time hiring costs. So now it's time to do some real prep work before we put that ad out there. Now, I want to pause here and talk a little bit about, uh, I want to back up just a, a touch and talk a little bit about operating profit. Um, this is not, when, when you do this math, you can't use the operating profit from your best month in the last 12 months and assume that that's going to be uh, the reality that you're going to have. What, you, ha what uh, you need to do is take the average of some long period, and I would take at least 12 months, um, and average that operating profit and say, okay, do I have the operating profit on a regular basis to afford this employee? And then do your calculations. So I just wanted to touch base on that um, and make sure it was clear. So now we're going to do some prep work. And before you hire somebody, you really need to, the more thorough of a job you can do on the front end, the more satisfied you're going to be with your pick and the more satisfied the new employee is going to be with the uh, process of bringing them on board. Uh, now, I've just set myself up for getting busted and talking about something I didn't define. Operating profit is uh, taken from the, the profit and loss statement, and it is after all of your operating expenses. It's the profit that's left over after your operating expenses, but before you take out uh, taxes and interest and some of those other um, what we call non-operating expenses. So what, um, and I've done a podcast on this also in ter uh, on the, prof on the uh, profit and loss statement, uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that podcast as well, but um, that uh, is my favorite uh, profit uh, number to use when we look for uh, when, whether or not we can afford an, an investment, uh, a new machine, for example, or in this case, a new person, um, because it takes into account our expenses, whereas things like gross margin and uh, uh, stuff like that that are earlier in the profit and loss statement don't necessarily account for that. So, all right, backing up, uh, we're, we're going to do some prep work now. We're going to get ready to uh, build that ad and, and have the interviews and, and bring people on. The first thing you want to do is, is put, together, put together a thorough job description. And this needs to be something that does explain the meat and potatoes of what this person's going to do for you, but it also needs to list the skills and abilities that you are going to need them to have. And I want you to articulate those. Literally write them down. Um, don't keep them in your head. Uh, write them down because 
when you do your interview, you can talk about the process that this person's going to go through when they work with you or the, uh, the successes they've had in the past or, um, you know, what, what are their strengths and weaknesses and, and all of those questions that, uh, you know, you can, you can certainly go through and there are books, you know, books upon books about interviews, both from the side of the interviewee and the side of the interviewer. But the, uh, the skills and abilities are things that you can actually have them perform before you bring them on. And so you have a, um, a practical test, if you want to call it a test, a practical, um, I, I would almost call it a practical interview, where you say, okay, you're, um, you uh, solder electronics. Okay, well, here's a test board. Solder this up for us. Have these... 10 components, and I want to uh, see how you do putting those on. And you want to look at, uh, does the process they use to get ready to, to do the task, um, is that consistent with your expectations? Is the actual activity, the way that they do it, consistent with what you're expecting? And then finally, to the result. Did they, did they do it with the skill level and the, and the expertise and the quality level that you think you're going to need? And the best way to do that is by understanding very specifically what skills and what abilities you're going to expect from your uh, prospective employee. Then the next thing that we want to talk about is how you're going to bring them onto your team. What is your plan to, to bring them board? And, and there's a buzzword going around now, and it's been around a couple of years, called onboarding. And what that basically means is bringing them on board. How are you going to acclimate them to your environment. Uh, you know, if, if uh, I saw a wonderful picture um, on, uh, oh, I'll have to look it up um, and I'll, I'll try to put it in the show notes, but it was a great picture of a desk with uh, a new employee's uh, kind of welcome package. And it was uh, their computer and a tote and a coffee mug and stuff like that. that and it was just all organized on their desk ready for them to come in and, and start working. Um, you don't have to necessarily go to the point of, you know, the coffee mug and the tote or whatever, but uh, the idea was that they had thought through this whole process. And that's what we want to do. We want to understand how we're going to bring them on board our team, how we're going to acclimate them, how are we going to train them? You know, what's our training plan? Do we have a training plan? And, uh, Articulate those things as part of your prep work. Get it ready in the front end, then write your job or your um, your uh, classified ad, or post your requirements in in uh, an online job search if that's the way that you're going to go, or give that staffing agency a call and email them the the job description and and skills list. So we've gone through the things to consider from a cost perspective. We've talked about the three-question test. We've talked about how we're going to get ready to bring somebody on board or get ready to go through the hiring process. Where do you start looking for people to bring aboard? And this is going to, in, in the very first one, is going to parallel the way that I would suggest that you go about outsourcing too, and that is get referrals. Talk to people you know and trust and figure out what they're doing and how they're doing it, um, or if they know somebody that needs the skill the skill set 
excuse me, if they know somebody that has the skill set that's looking for a position and start there, start with the people you know and trust. And this is, referrals is one of the most uh, effective ways of finding a position on the side of the person looking for a job and also one of the most effective in terms of people looking for uh, employees to fill positions. Word of mouth is one of the best tools that we have as professionals. All of the other uh, resources that we have really pale in comparison to the effectiveness of that piece. So if you were to actually strip away all of the online resources, the classified ads, all of that stuff, um, it's the and spent all your time just working within your network, you would be probably very well served. Moving past that, there's there's always in the small business community, there's always family. And I, I have worked with my family for years. In 1987 or so, uh, my dad started a company and I, I worked with him during the startup phase. Um, and, and I've worked with my family over um, in, in various capacities for, you know, 25 years. Um, and it, it has a lot of value uh, because you know your coworkers. And you have a good rapport with them. There, are, there can be uh, some cons, if you will. That you, it becomes very difficult to separate work from family. Um, and so you can end up at Thanksgiving dinner uh, carving the turkey and talking about some problem you're having at work. So that's, that's a risk. And you have to be able to either be comfortable with that or put boundaries around it and be effective at that, at, at, at putting those boundaries up. Um, there's always the appearance or occurrence of nepotism uh, that is very hard on morale, um, and it's also very hard on performance. If if the if nepotism really does occur, and someone is being treated better and not performing as well as they need to be, uh, that puts your company at risk, and we certainly don't want to do that. And then finally. Um, uh, Quitting and terminating somebody, quitting or terminating somebody, uh, has further-reaching consequences. Although it should never be taken lightly, and I don't want to uh, imply that, um, but it has far-reaching consequences for you personally if it's someone that's within your family. So it's it's just something to be considered about. I, I guess I would say approach this with caution if you're considering hiring your family. Understand that it comes with a different set of dynamics than when you hire. Um, outside your family. So uh, enough there. The next place, of course, people look is online. So we've got uh, small businesses. Uh, I've found that for small businesses, uh, the bigger online sites can uh, provide too many resumes that are not really a great fit. Um, you know, they, and we're talking about the career builders and monster and stuff like that. Uh, you can look at the local, there are usually local sites, websites that offer uh, job position, classified ads or whatever, um, that's available. Um, but for, for, from my experience, and maybe you've had different experience, and if you have, please share that in the comments for this episode. But my experience has been that these online sources are not the best resource for small businesses. 
the next thing might be staffing agencies. And these can be expensive, but they do offer some alternatives like temp to hire or short-term temporary work. Now, short-term temporary work would mean that we violated or uh, that we were accounting for something that doesn't fit one of the one of the three questions, right? The recurring, regular, con uh, continuous workload. And that's okay as long as we understand that it's going to be a short-term thing. We're going to hire this person for um, the, the um, warehouse job during the holiday season. And then, you know, on January 3rd, uh, that position is over and we won't need them anymore. Um, and so as long as you recognize that, that's fine. Uh, the temp to hire option can actually be quite valuable in terms of, of you bring, bringing someone through the inter interview process and then saying, all right, we're, gonna, uh, we're going to bring them on as a temp. And, uh, and by the way, a temp is short for temporary employee. Uh, they, uh, they will work for us through that agency for a, a certain amount of time whether that's a 90-day trial period or a six-month trial period. Um, laws vary about how long you can keep a temporary employee employed full-time without hiring them as a permanent employee. Um, so you need to be very sure that you're looking into that and you comply with those laws. Um, but that can provide an option that gives a small company uh, a buffer to uh, – make sure that you've got the right fit. Now, I do want to caution you not to let that be the interview process. So you say, okay, I need uh, a person to, let's just say an electronics, uh, uh, the soldering person we were interviewing earlier in the episode, I need that position. I'm going to say, okay, agency, I want a soldering person. They come in, they say, hey, I can solder. I shake their hand and all of a sudden they're on my team. Um, it's, it's important to go through a, a, a regular hiring process and narrow the field as much as possible, even if you're, uh, if you're going to consider them for a long-term position, put the work in on the front end, okay? Um, it's important to have that cultural fit as well as the, as the skills fit, and you only get that if you take your time and, and do the process right. Uh, finally, we have local media classifieds, and uh, I replace local media for the term newspaper. Uh, newspapers are obviously uh, on, on a steep decline right now, and, but there are still uh, a lot of them are shifting their, their focus to local media uh, websites, and they still do offer classified advertising. So, uh, and those tend to be uh, best for low-skilled positions. Um, but they, that's another, another possibility for you. So the next time you're considering a hire, take the three-question test first. Look at those three questions. If, they, if you answer no to any one of them, look for a different solution first. Can we outsource it? Can we automate it? What can we do different before we hire somebody on? Then look at the real cost. Make sure you understand how much is it going to cost on a recurring basis? How much is it going to cost just to bring that person on board? And make sure you can afford it. Next, develop a plan so that you understand exactly how, who you need and how you're going to acquire them 
And then how are you going to bring them on board? How are you going to train them and get them acclimated to your environment? And then finally, find the right place to find the right person, whether that's a referral or your family or an online resource or a staffing agency or a local media classified advertisement. Do you have any stories about hiring? I'd love to hear them. Uh, go ahead and, and leave a comment uh, at, at the post for this episode, which will be beyond50percent.com forward slash 2017E02. In the reading room this week, I wanted to recommend the E-Myth by, or excuse me, the E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Uh, this is one of the best books for entrepreneurs to read before they get started uh, that there are. Uh, it, it really gives you some uh, down-to-earth thoughts and ideas uh, include, uh, about what it means to be a business owner, including the most, I think the most famous, yeah, probably the most famous uh, thought from the book is to make sure that you're working on your business rather than in it. And that's something that entrepreneurs... Um, and small business owners sometimes miss. In fact, I would say frequently miss when they think they're going to start a, a company. Uh, uh, a baker says, I want to, to uh, make croissants for, the, for um, my local area. I am the best uh, croissant baker in, in the region, and I'm going to open a bakery. And the reality is that, that uh, if you're the best best croissant maker in your region, you better be the best teacher for that in the region because you need to teach somebody else to do it. And then you have to spend time building your business, which means, unfortunately, you're not going to be baking. You're going to be advertising. You're going to be marketing. You're going to be doing finance. You're going to be doing real estate. You're going to be doing operations management. Um, that. That's not to say that you will never bake, but you have to be ready and willing to spend a lot of time doing the ancillary stuff that goes all around baking that supports that business. And the E-Myth talks a lot about that. So it's, it's a good read. It's a very important idea uh, for, for small business owners, and I highly recommend it. For listeners of the Up and to the Right podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a, three, a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. To download your free copy of The E-Myth or another audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash up and to the right for your free audiobook. Thanks for listening. The Up and to the Right podcast is released each week, so subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Please help us help more small businesses by leaving a positive review wherever you've listened to our podcast. Like you, we're always working to have a more profound impact. So if there's something we can do better, please email us at fix.it at b50p.com. For more helpful ways to improve the performance of your small business, please visit us at beyond50percent.com. Let's roll up our sleeves and get to work.